Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Natural Running Network. We are brought to you by Mio, makers of the world's first strapless heart rate monitor sports watches, and MedHab, makers of RPM Squared, an innovative system of gait analysis that slips right into your running shoes. My name is Richard Diaz. I am your host. Are you a runner? Do you love to get out and challenge yourself? Running your first marathon or maybe caught the bug of obstacle racing? Well, sit tight because this is a show you just don't want to miss. All right, so here I am sitting by my pool. This is a very unusual opportunity. I have Rose Wetzel, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, with me. We had just completed a training session, and um, we're going to talk about it and share what we uh, what we learned from it, and we're going to hopefully have a chance to have we're going to have Rose talk about what she's got planned for the future. Say hello, Rose. Hello, everybody. So, Rose, let's start with what's up. Are you just uh, this weekend or just this past few days at Stanford, at the Stanford Invitational? How would that go? Um, yeah, I had a race at the Stanford Invitational a couple days ago on Saturday, uh, three days ago. And it was great. Uh, I haven't, you know, run track in a while, really. I did one indoor meet, and other than that, it's been a couple of years because I've been focusing on also course racing so much. Um, but, you know, the, the track is where my roots are. Just, you know, running is, is what um, you know, fed my soul for a long time and, and, and paid for my college, too, really. So it's fun to go back there and um, see my old friends and, and chase some old times. And um, I ran 210, um, which is... Uh, three seconds faster than what I ran in high school, which was my, I ran, I won state championship a couple times um, in, in high school, so it was like my main event with 800 meters, and it's funny because yesterday I ran into um, two old high school friends of mine, uh, met up with one and ran into another in Santa Monica, and I'm from Seattle, all of us are, and uh, it's just funny, like they're telling me about their careers and, and life, which is awesome, and then I'm saying, yeah, I'm pretty much doing the exact same thing I did in high school, uh, but a few seconds faster, but... <laughs> Okay, so. so how did it all shake up? How did you end up be, being invited? And, and I, I don't understand the process. Help me with it. Yeah, so it's basically a college meet. It's, it's a very you know, top-notch college meet with the best competition, and they also have some of actually the best high schoolers, but then also some pros. Um, and if you run a certain time, you can, you can get in, and it's just where you want to go if you want to run really fast and you want to be whisked along. Um, I ran a, a good solid time. I didn't run my fastest ever, or even like the fastest I feel like I can run at this moment, because I, yeah, I made a little mistake. Or at one point I was uh, running in the outside lane. There just happened to be someone. It was kind of bunched up, um, which is one of the downsides of really good competition. Is that I can actually be really pretty bunchy. 
So it was in the outside lane, running a little extra for a while, and then as soon as I kind of was able to pull ahead on the straightaway, I went to the inside lane, and then I got boxed in. I had two people right in front of me and one that pulled up on the side, and then everyone kind of slowed down, so I was kind of like anxious to get out of that box because I knew I could run faster. Once I broke free, I sprinted in super hard and came within like a half a second of, of beating the, the girl in front of me. I got second. Um, but it was just fun. It was fun running quickly, and I can tell that the things, Richard, that you and I have worked on um, really helped me out in the, in the sprinting portion of the end. Very cool. So, Rose, what is exactly on your mindset? What, do, what are we planning to do this year, and what are you looking forward, in the, forward to in the very near future? I'm excited about a lot of things. I uh, feel grateful. I have a lot of opportunities ahead of me. Um, I came off a, a, a great time doing American Ninja Warrior, qualifying round, and finals in Vegas, Mount Midoriya finals. And then um, I also just did Teen Ninja Warrior. So uh, I have that behind me, and I'm lo- looking to do that again for sure, hopefully, um, just because it's such a great time. People are awesome, great challenge. And then also I'm kind of going back to my roots in track for a bit because it's an Olympic year and you know four years ago I was shooting for the Olympic trials hardcore and I came up short like a couple seconds in the 800 and uh and a few seconds in the 15 and I just I, I feel like I can do it it's of course faster this time around and I haven't been training for track so the odds are not in my favor but the fact that there's any chance at all makes me feel like I just have to go for it right um and I love it so doing some track, still keeping up some American Ninja Warrior skill training. But then also, also course racing is, is really my main focus right now. And uh, so that's always a part of what I'm doing. And luckily, training for both track running, but then also American Ninja Warrior helps me with, with all the obstacle course racing. Sure. Stuff. But I'm, just, I'm juggling a lot, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. And I don't have any free time, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know what to do if you had free time. Right. So, um as far as OCR racing right now, what's the next race you're looking f- towards? Seattle. There's a race in my hometown in, what, two weeks? Yeah, April 23rd. So two weeks, three weeks, something like that. So oh, cool. Yeah, I'm jazzed. I get actually, you know, compete my home turf. And what's the distance two. you're going to compete? It'll be a super. Okay. So, uh, you know, just my observation as a running coach and having worked with you a few times, mm-hmm. clearly your wheelhouse is inside of the super and shorter distance races, you've already told me that you prefer to race at those distances? Totally, and it's just, it's just what I'm I'm naturally built for, um, I love, and I also, it's also what I love, so, so I feel like it comes, speed comes easier to me, and I've just worked on it for so many more years than, like, endurance, endurance, like, and I'm talking, I'm not talking mile endurance, I'm talking, like, you know, out there for an hour or two or three endurance levels, um, I can do it, I've done a marathon, I've done the Boston Marathon, um, I love a, a great challenge. I've done a 200-mile bike ride. Like, I, I do love those challenges, um, and I will train for them, but my, my heart and soul really loves doing that short stuff. I want to be in an intense race. I want people next to me elbowing me. I want to be, like, neck and neck the entire way, totally focused, and not ever just, like, thinking about, oh, dude, an hour, another hour left. I can't see any of my competition. I've got to remember to call my mom back. I, I want to be focused. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't imagine that I'd be out there thinking, oh, geez, who I got to call? What parts of my body are going to fall off between (laughs) now and the end of the thing? So I get that. And so here we are. We spent some time. This is our second visit together where we're doing speed work. And 
working on running mechanics, which seems like a kind of a bizarre thing to be doing with you. It helps, though. It really does. I mean, I've had so many awesome coaches over the years. I mean, I ran at Georgetown University. Um, had this great coach who ran a 421-mile, seventh fastest in the world um, just a few, four years ago. And so I've had great coaching. There's always more to learn, though, always. And also things to, like, kind of relearn, relearn better um, or hone. And so what's been really helpful with you, Richard, is coming here and being on your crazy fast treadmill and being your, your little gerbil and having you break things down very simply and in simple terms um, and, and breaking it down one by one. So, for instance, even just saying things like, you know, drive your knee just a little bit more um, and then having you put those, like, thingies around my legs Gosh. and pulling me back as I'm driving my knee more and, and forcing my muscles to be recruited correctly. Um, it, it's stuff I've thought about then when I'm out running, um, drive your knee a little bit more. And then I've also, you showed me my vertical oscillation and how I, I balance when I run, which is just wasted energy. Right. And I've always been a mid, midfoot striker, which makes me this, you know, great, you know, greatly built for middle distance. But then when it comes to long distance, um, I, it's not as efficient to be bouncing on my, my midfoot, you know, great for 800, but not for, not for, you know, a marathon. So reminding me to uh, make sure that my back heel is just oh so slightly tapping. So it's not heel striking. It's landing under my center of gravity, landing on my midfoot, but not just bouncing on my midfoot, actually letting the back of my heel like tap, tap. And what it does is that it sounds like it just doesn't wear out my calf as much. It'd be like, and then like a, a mountain climber friend of mine was like, oh, yeah, if you're like hiking up a mountain only on your calf, you're going to be burnt yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's what I've done when when, 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 uh, when Spartan races and, and obstacle course races turn into hikes at times. I think I'm just bouncing on my calf. Yeah, that's what I find commonly with, with novices that transition for the very first time from being a heel striker to their to their midfoot is they tend to wear it out. They don't allow their heels to settle to the earth, and they're harboring those contractions in their calf muscles. And you try to do that for six or seven miles at a great intensity, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you out. It's going to sure. eventually tear something. Or, you know, and, sure. I, and I start getting calls back from people that I work with that have strains in their plantar fascia, their Achilles tendons, you know, bothering them or their calves are bothering them. So you're absolutely right. Um, Changing your trajectory, keeping you from bouncing so much, making conscious effort to finish the gait cycle, make sure that your heel makes contact with the ground before you you take your next step, and also the cadence is a big deal. I think that yes. a, a lot yes. a lot of people don't give enough credit to the importance of having a proper cadence. Totally, that also helps. Um, having a, a metronome set and, and just working with me to like nail it. Um, it really does. It helps. There's a reason why everyone runs at the same cadence. I mean, it's uh, it's what works. Well, yeah, and I, I've been wearing people out about this uh, with the fact that Galen Rupp, who just won the Olympic trials for the marathon, who, I mean, I watch him, um, you know, you, you, you have your uh, your rock stars in your life, and I watch him as a, as a runner, and he's pretty new to the game when you think of it in terms of longevity, he's not really been in it for that long, sure. but an amazing, amazing runner. His, his technique is almost flawless. His contact points are perfect. The way he drives his knees, the way he, his cadence is carried to that. I mean, he went by yeah. Meb Kofleski like he was standing still. And Meb's been around forever. Yeah. Right? And I, I thought it was interesting that the commentary changed towards 16 miles. It all started out with all Meb, Meb, Meb can do this. Yeah. Meb's a master at that. 
16 miles deep, they're saying, well, you know, MEP's 40. And they started having that conversation. But uh, Galen, uh, I put a metronome on him on the television, sat there like a little idiot, just measuring his stride frequency, looking you at. Nerd. Yeah, I know. It's it's terrible. And what's really bad is my wife was doing it with me. It's like, uh, who does that? But uh, really, a, a, a perfect performance for that that event. And so, the comment you made about the shorter distances and being a midfoot runner commonly through your career is pretty typical. But I don't think there's any creative license to go to the heel first in even the longer duration runs. I know that I've taken ultra marathoners and gotten them off their heels, and they perform better. There you go. And they're able to, to not only perform better, but not experience any more issues or fatigue associated yeah. with making the shift. So I think, and I've told people this a million times, there's a way to run, and there's so many ways not to run, mm-hmm. and we're just trying to eliminate them. So let's talk about the overspeed stuff. Yeah. The transition from normal running speed to becoming Wonder Woman and running at warp speeds well beyond your capacity on your own. What was your feeling? What was the what was the sensation from that? Uh it, it was really cool. I mean it's uh it's it's crazy to feel my legs just moving far faster than they ever have. Because I literally cannot run that quickly without the treadmill doing the you know the work for me underneath me. Um, yes, I did do it in a one room costume, which is just silly uh, and fun. But but there's something psychologically about you know just feeling like Wonder Woman. You just feel strong. You feel fast. And uh, there's an incredible amount of focus that it takes to stay at this over speed. You know, 18, 19, 20 miles an hour even for a few seconds, and you have to land just quickly, just, just right, and, the, and it, it forces you to think about all the, the components of, of, of biomechanics and stride that you just went over, um, and it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty like in-the-moment feel of like, I am flying. <laughs> well, there's no forgiveness. No. When you get to speeds like that, I tell people all the time, my treadmill has no friends. Yeah. It, it would be just as happy to throw you across the room than it would be to allow you to run on it. Sure. And... What ends up happening is there's allowances that occur at lower rates of speed that are not allowed at higher rates of speed. So a lot of people don't quite understand the rationale for putting people into those high rates of speed, but part of it is is the responsibility of making appropriate contact with the deck mm-hmm. and firing frequency, how, how efficiently you move. You, everything is um, far more, um, what, what are the words I'm trying to use? It becomes eerie. When you get up to those speeds and you start running, if you make any mistakes whatsoever, it's going to punish you. Exactly. It's almost like a, like, a, like, a, like a terrible, like, I don't know, leader of an orphanage who, like, hits your hands. If you don't <laughs> play the piano, well, who knows? I mean, that's a terrible example. But it, it, is, it, it, it is. There is no room for error, and you are forced to focus and, um, and just, have a, a flawless stride and if not you you do start to fly off a little i mean there's a harness there so that's great but you, you don't want to fly into the harness you want to do it you're motivated um so yeah it's it's pretty cool well it punishes you but it also rewards you so when you yeah. when you do it right you start to identify that there's so much more ease behind the way you're moving yes. at these high rates of speed and how the flaws will slow you down and so, so what it's doing is it's 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 causing you to be hypersensitive, I guess mm-hmm. is the term I'm thinking of, to all the flaws in the way you're moving. Mm-hmm. And you, you could run along at a six-minute mile and really be butchering it and not really sure. be strong enough to do it, 
but not really be conscious of the mistakes you're making. Sure. Where when you start going really, really fast on this treadmill, you can't get away with anything. And it, and it speaks to you very, very loud and clear when you mm-hmm. make mistakes. And that's 90% of the reason why I do it. And I, if you recall that having gotten you up to 20 miles an hour on a few different occasions where mm-hmm. we're doing these repetitions, mm-hmm. and then we brought you back down to, um, you know, 13, 14 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and it was ridiculously slow oh, to ridiculously you. Oh, ridiculously easy. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, yeah. yeah. So, so here you are, you know, hovering around a, a, a five-minute or less uh, per mile pace, and your, your first thought is, well, this is easy and comfortable. Oh, totally. Yeah, it, it's, it's so true. It's, it's really cool. Um, yeah. So that's, to, me, to me, that's the reward. So through this overspeed development training, it isn't a function of turning a long-distance or endurance athlete into a sprinter. It's about neural awakening, motor skill recruitment, and yeah. efficiency. Yeah. You start to improve the way you run, and these longer-distance speeds actually become more exactly. effortless, I should say. Yes, exactly. Efficiency, effortlessness. Yes. So... Seattle is on the agenda, mm-hmm. and then what comes up after that? And there's a Montana Spartan race. That's right after, um, right? That's right after, a couple weekends after. And then the weekend before, though, between the Seattle and the Montana Spartan races, there's actually another race at Stanford, Peyton Jordan invite. Um, so I'm, I might go there. There will also be a good, like, high performance. Um, I just company with Zell that's based out of Seattle. Um, that makes running gear for women, and they're um, they're going to sponsor this high performance meet in Seattle. So basically, they'll, they'll recruit people to come so that people can run really quickly. They'll they'll maybe have rabbits, who knows? Uh, been a rabbit at one of their meets before in Seattle a couple of years ago, but um, that would be awesome, right? Because if you can run really quickly in your own hometown, then you don't have to fly anywhere, you don't have to yeah. hotel. Yeah, bringing it to so you. That would be that would be fantastic. Wow! Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just some just some shorter Spartan races or you know sprints and supers are coming up, and then a couple more eight hundreds for sure. Um, just because I feel like I'm getting back in the groove, and and I just want to see what my fastest can be right now. Is it going to be Olympic trials? Is it going to be Olympics? That would be awesome. I wouldn't bet the house on it, but this beautiful pool and home, I would not bet on it. <laughs> but again, I got to go for it, right? Like I'm not afraid to not hit a goal. I just don't want to ever not go for one because I don't know for sure if I'll get it. I mean, that's, that's silly. That's not living to me. Um, so yeah, short, short races. And then the long stuff will definitely be something I'm training for later on as the season naturally moves in towards the longer Spartan races, the beasts and the world championship and all that. Um, I'll be in Colorado training, preparing for those. I, I want to be able to do it all, Richard. Come yeah, on. I know. Short, I know. long, obstacles. I know. So Come let's, on. let's talk about how you line this up. Okay. Okay, so I coach athletes online, and I just had this conversation with an athlete yesterday. And interestingly enough, he says, uh, I've got this race coming up. I think it's Dallas, and there's a super and there's a sprint. And I said, well, which race are you going to do? And he goes, well, I don't know. Which race do you think I should do? I said, mm-hmm. um, do the super. Do it on Saturday and then I said, are you thinking about doing the sprint? And he goes, uh, I'm thinking about What do you think? So as a coach, my thought is no. I don't like to see athletes race two days in a row. Yeah. I personally believe that you need to leave it all out on, out on, the, on the course mm-hmm. the day you show up. Mm-hmm. And if you've done that effectively, there shouldn't be a tremendous amount left in the tank the following day. Sure. And if you raced well the first day, likelihood of having 
what you need to be effective the following day, you're subject to potential injury. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that as being something that I would recommend. What's mm-hmm. your thoughts? Do you like to race back to back? So that's a really good question, Richard. I am with you on the fact that, especially if it's a, like a long endurance obstacle course race, um, that it, it's not great to do two necessarily. It just depends on what one's goals are. Um, if someone's trying to get a trifecta, then yeah, you know, go get knock two of the different distances out um, and just be prepared for the next day to be sore, to be tired, and, and have to really pace yourself. But if you're trying to, you know, go at it super competitively, if you're going for the win or the podium or top whatever, and you want to really perform well, then that second day, um, yeah, if everyone else ran the day before and everyone's tired and sore and all that, I guess you could say it's it's, it's even as far as um, your competitive levels go. But there is that risk of injury, and if you get injured, then the game's over, right? Party's over for a while, and, and that's really fun and uh, not fun at all, and it's frustrating. So one has to weigh the the benefits versus the 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 disadvantages. Um, so yeah, it's every morning I think everyone who says they want to race two days in a row, they wake up the next morning and they're like, oh why, why am I doing this? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense to me. I yeah. While we're on the topic of OCR, um, the new thing apparently NBC's taken some pretty serious interest in covering the sport. And I know that you've had a hand in uh, this, what is it called, the Ultimate Challenge? Yeah, it's a, it's a Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge, I believe. And seriously, people, it was a blast to be a part of. I mean, it's it's almost like the best parts of American Enjoyer and Spartan put together in a team format. Um, there was one leader, uh, like a Spartan kind of pro team leader, and then four uh, you know, kind of varying ranges of abilities of, of, of teams to some degree. Um, just cool people. They they chose people who are who are interesting and, and, and fun. Um, they chose people who are interesting and fun, as a American Enjoyer uh, seems to take into account as well, uh, given that there was the same producers of American Enjoyer that were creating the show. And um, just it was great. We they had us mic the entire time, and we did this short course with lots of obstacles, new obstacles. Obstacles, crazy hard obstacles, obstacles that you needed to do with a team. And so this team of five, we'd, we'd navigate through the course and we'd come across like a huge wall, like mammoth, like 12, 15 foot wall slanted. And we had to cl- climb up each other and have like a strategy for how to get over this slippery, tall wall. And, you know, you got people like stepping on your shoulders, you got people crawling up in your face and, um, People just barely making it. People just barely not making it. People slipping down from the top of the wall safely. But it was just tons of drama. Um, so were you like a mentor for a group of people? Yeah, yeah, yep. This awesome team called Boston Beast. Uh, great people who've done quite a few Spartan races. Not elite Spartan races per se, but I know a couple of them aspire to be. But we just had a blast. We're dancing on the starting line, and we're just, uh, yeah, having a great time. And uh, we had some, I can't say how we did or did not do, but I can say that we, we really bonded well and helped each other out, and I I hope to be a part of that team and, and do this race again. So there was a buttload of money associated with the yeah. winning of this? The, yeah, the winners, the five-team winner, winners won $250,000 total, so fifty wow. grand each. Crazy. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, people really were, were working for it, right? I mean, that's, that's a lot of money, right? $50,000 per person on the team. What yeah. about the mentors? They were in on the money? Yep. Mm-hmm. Equal yep. share? Yeah, yep, you got it. Wow. Um, but it's crazy. I mean, there's some times where, like, you had to carry someone on the team if they were really tired or, you know, whatever. You just didn't know what was going to happen. Um, but they were jumping through the air on this crazy thing that's, flew in the air and you jump onto a pad and if you didn't make it there was a penalty and you had to stay in the water and it just it was so different than the normal Spartan obstacles in a lot of ways um that it will it will be entertaining to watch for for anybody it will not be just kind of like same old same old no 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 cool. uh, yeah I recommend so, it. so now then there's also going to be the coverage of these uh NBC series with Spartan, right? Isn't there yeah. like for five mm-hmm. uh, uh, championship events, Is mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah, five five televised races and one world championship race. And, you know, Spartan's done a good job of uh, of, of just getting good footage with um, this transition productions who works for NBC Sports. And, uh, you know, they capture the, the most interesting obstacles. They are adding in some new obstacles this year as well. And uh, it's just a it's just like it's just a fun series to be a part of. It's just uh, it's it's, it's uh, I don't know. It's 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 going to be exciting. It's getting more competitive every year for both men and women. So yeah, we'll see how everything shakes up. Yeah. So just just a uh, a background note. We are sitting by my pool, sunny California. It's absolutely a beautiful day. I did not want to be locked up in a room to do this. So you have to forgive the background noises of jets flying over and birds chirping, but uh, we're making the best of the the little bit of the day we have to do this. It's awesome here. <laughs> oh, man, i got to jump in that pool when we're done. Yeah. Let's kind of wrap this up. We're going to do the race at home in Seattle, yes. mm-hmm. going to Montana. Yes. And... Um, Couple track races streamed throughout. Yeah. So how you feeling about how you feeling about this series? Commonly, you feeling pretty good about it? Yeah, I am. I mean, I definitely will need to do more endurance work by the time the longer races come. But um, yeah, I'm juggling a lot of things right now. I'm enjoying it though, and I'm I think I'm doing a, a pretty good job. I mean, yeah, I could be putting all my eggs in one basket and just training for the Spartan World Championship three hour up and down a mountain race, you know, year round. Um, and then have a, a bad day for whatever reason anyway, get sick, get whatever. Um, I enjoy putting my, my eggs in lots of baskets and, and just you know, working extra hard to be prepared for every race, every competition, no matter how varied it is. Um, and it so far seemed to work for me pretty well. I mean, at some point, <laughs> I may not have all those options, right. but I'm going to ride this wave as long as I can. I don't blame you. <laughs> Well, Rose, uh, I know you got to do some driving to get away from here. I know you're chafing to jump in my pool. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I think parting notes, I want to remind people that we're looking at doing a clinic in Colorado, Fort Collins, Colorado, with one of my posse, Miguel Medina. Yeah. He's out there now, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. We're looking, I think it's June 11th and 12th, don't quote me. If people are interested, they got to go to naturalrunningcoach.net, and the details will be there on the clinic page. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Rose. Thank you, Richard. Bet. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. 
I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.